Let me get a look at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, we got to the hotel yesterday and uh, got the little snack bag and the card, and it said, I'm so glad you brought Pastor Amber. Our expectations are high. I'm like, well, uh, no pressure. No, no pressure whatsoever. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's going to be okay. The Holy Spirit's going to have something for you today. Amen. Praise God. And um, I've, I've been, Chris asked me to come a couple different times to the Bible school with him. And I've been like, oh, no. I'll just, i got things to do at home. But this year I thought, you know, I better get out to California and straighten some things out <laughs> with this story. Let me tell you the real story because I'm pretty sure he didn't. About yeah, yeah. He'll try to he'll he'll straighten it out. He'll think he'll straighten it out later, but my story is the right one. But <laughs> praise God. Well, I'm I'm. Humbled and honored that we are asked to talk to you about marriage because that's, that's a heavy topic, right? It's, it's an important topic, and the fact that we're asked to talk about it, it's like, well, somebody sees that we're doing something right. And we haven't done everything right, but I feel like we're, we're, we're on the right track. We're doing the, we're doing the right thing. So, so I'm going to talk to you about who should I marry? Who should I marry? And um, remember, who you marry, that, like he said yesterday, it's, it's one of the most important things, one of the most important decisions you will ever make in your entire life. And it can be the difference of you fully stepping in and fulfilling God's plan for your life. If you marry the wrong person, um, it could hold you back. It could hold you back from fully stepping in. Amen. It's going to have lasting consequences. I mean, it's not like buying a, buying a pair of shoes. Like, you decide, well, that's not, those aren't comfortable. I'm not going to wear them anymore. You know? <laughs> you know, that doesn't look good on me anymore. So, you can't just take your spouse back. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> There's no returns on that. There's no returns. Um, it's like that. You know, you don't want, have you ever had a house guest? You just can't get rid of, you know. You don't want that to be your spouse. Okay. Right? Right. So, um, I, I thought, well, he always tells about his story, my story. He, he jokes sometimes that I came out saved. I was born saved. <laughs> and sometimes it feels that way. Really, it does. Um but I like that scripture that he just quoted at the end about Paul, about he presses forward. He forgets those things that lie behind and presses forward. And my story, I feel like I've lived a blessed life. You know, I feel like I've grew up and just had, the, had that beaver cleaver life. And, you know, sometimes I forget the fact that I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't. But I don't, I don't even think about that. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, that's what God can do. God, you know, I feel like in all the things, I've had some things that other people could have experienced and it could have set them on the wrong way. But I feel like, you know, God kept me. And so, praise God. Yeah, I didn't grow up without a dad. I mean, I didn't grow up with a dad in the home. My dad made the wrong decisions. You know, he grew up in a home that you're right. <laughs> anyway, y'all, my, my dad grew up in a home that they were alcoholics. And so that's kind of what he saw, and so that's who he became. You know, and so... Okay, so I'm going to be all right. <laughs> it's going to get 
funny here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> now he, 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 he became that. And so, you know, my mom and him, they were not married for long. Probably they got divorced when I was a couple of years old. And, you know, I'd go with him on visitation. I remember one time, um, one of the few memories that I have of him, he picked me up and I'm riding in his car and he's like offers me a sip of beer, that kind of thing. But yeah, when my dad, when I was five, he made the wrong decision. <laughs> he made the wrong decision. It went really bad one day and he, he was drunk and he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Oh. And he, he got shot and killed by the police. So that's, and I forget about these things. I mean, that, that doesn't, like, sitting here and talking about it, I'm like, wow, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. But I don't feel like that, it hasn't really affected my life. That I mean, it is right now because I'm not, I don't know what's going on with me. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I didn't grow up with a dad in the home. But my grandparents, you know, they were a good example for me for marriage. So I did not have that. I didn't grow up with that. But I think, you know, I'm grateful for it now. That's sad to say. But had my dad stayed in the home or had he lived, what kind of, what would that have done to me? Amen. So even though that was horrible, that I really feel like I was saved and preserved from other bad things that could have affected my life. Amen. Praise God. So, yeah, forget those things that, yeah, I have to remind myself that happened, you know. But, um, and then, I, the, the, the most rebellious I ever was, really, um, was probably in the third grade. why this is, why is this funny to you? Um, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm leading up to a little something here, but yeah, that's the most rebellious I became. You know, I, I had a friend who was a bad influence and so we would find discarded cigarettes, you know, I'd smoke a few of those. Yeah, that's gross, isn't it? <laughs> and then, you know, I actually skipped school in the third grade. <laughs> How does a third grader skip school? I don't know, but I did. And I did it often, you know. We would just call for each other, you know. Like, she's not coming in today. Well, one day I did that. We would go to this bus stop, and then when our parents would leave, then we'd go back to her house and spend the day. But, yeah. <laughs> but one day um, I, got, I, I waited for the bus to come back. And then walk home, you know, when I would have been coming back home after school. And walked in, and my mom's sitting there like, well, apparently I had a bluebird meeting after school. You know, it's kind of like Girl Scouts. Well, she had sent her friend to pick me up because she couldn't make it. And I wasn't there. Yeah, so that wasn't good. So she was like, you know, that was bad. So anyway. What I'm trying to say is, that was third grade, right? When I got to fourth grade, my mom made some good decisions, okay? My grandparents were Christian people. She grew up in a Christian home. Of course, she kind of didn't make the right decisions. But when I was in the fourth grade, my mom got invited to a church. So, because we didn't go to church. So, we went to this church. And, you know, it was one of those, you step in, I'm like, what are these people doing? What are they doing? They're raising their hands and being loud and jumping around. So it's kind of scared me. But anyway, that was, that was the start of the right decisions. My mom got me in the right place. Yeah. Amen. I'm just thinking, had she, I was in third grade. I was smoking cigarettes and skipping school. What, you know, the next year we got in the right place, the right church, the right message. You know, that friend that I used to do those things with, she went on to become a drug addict. So, I'm thinking, praise God. Now, you can't, don't underestimate putting your kids in the right place. It, it makes a difference. And you think, well, they're nine years old or they're ten years old, it doesn't really matter. 
Well, it matters. It matters. And so that right there just could have been the turning point. Amen. So anyway, so that's kind of my background. My mom, she later on, she got to, uh, she almost died really when I was about 14. She got really, really sick and almost died. Um, it was kind of like a prolonged illness, but you know, we had been in the right place. We had been to, you know, with hooked up with brother Hagen and heard the healing message. And, you know, she came out of that. She's alive and well today. 72 years old, praise God, we were in the right place. We were in the right place with the right message. Amen. So really, even though those things happened, like you said, I've forgotten about it. Like I have to remind myself that there were some things that happened in my life that weren't the greatest because I really feel like I've lived a blessed life. So, so who should I marry? Yeah, who should I marry? And I feel like, you know, I married the right one. I married, I married the God one. I think sometimes people, like there's an imaginary clock. You like graduate from high school and you think, okay, I should be thinking about it now. Because there's this clock ticking. There's a clock ticking. And, you know, there's a certain timeline. You got to get married and have kids and all that. And, but don't let the passing of time cause you to to settle for something that's not God's best. Amen. Amen. Because if if they aren't the best for you, then you're not the best for them. You you might think you might be with somebody and decide, well this is they're not the best for me and then you feel bad about it, right? Feel like they're not the best for me or but you're not the best for them. Amen. So what are some of the things that we've done to be married right? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story, okay? Buckle your seatbelts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I got that. I got there. Now, um, what you want may not be what God wants. Right? Yeah, what you, what you think you want may not be what God wants. Because I thought, I mean, my plan was to marry one of the new kids on the block, okay? <laughs> that was my plan, okay? Yeah, I was on my way. <laughs> that was my plan. I thought that would be a pretty great plan, yeah. But... But I got, I got out of high school, and I decided I probably, I'm not going to wait around for that to happen, All right? <laughs> and so when he tells his story, he talks about how he prayed to God for, what did you say? You say you want a brunette with small feet. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, short, yeah. Small feet. I have the small feet. I'm just kind of short. I had brunette hair. <laughs> There's still some brunette in there. Um, but anyway, so I was I was what he wanted. But I, when I got when I got to the point where I thought, okay, I would really like to meet somebody and and get married. My prayer was, God, I don't know what I want. <laughs> You know, I don't know what I want. But my prayer was, God, you know what's best for me. You know who's going to make me the happiest. Okay, even though I don't even have that figured out right now. But he, he knows. God knows. Amen. God knows your type better than you know your type. <laughs> you know, y'all know Pastor Dean's talking about Dr. Dufresne and when they were brought together and he was like, well, God, she's not even my type. And God's like, well, you don't know your type. You know, you don't know your type. You, you're choosing wrong. So we can have preferences. And I think God takes those things into account. He does. But you know what? Your preferences could limit God. Yeah, your preference could limit God. Yeah, don't limit God with your preference. 
okay? Um, because sometimes your preferences uh, could overlook God's best. Amen. God knows. God knows uh, maybe they're your type right now. Well, who are they in 10 years? Who are they in 20 years? God knows. <laughs> are they going to suit you in 10 years? Right? So we just got, we have to trust. That's, that's one of the first things I did, right, in marrying, right, is I put God's best in God's hands. I didn't, I didn't act like I knew what was best for me, and that's what I want, God, bring that person into my life. I realized he knows me better than I do, and he knows the best more than I do. And so you, you need to decide to marry the plan of God. Amen. You decide that's what you want. You want what God wants. Make that decision. Amen. Praise God. So that's what I did. I, I, believe, I was believing for him to bring his best into my life. And so I don't know when I prayed that. It was after, it was probably my freshman year of college. Um, and so I just went about, went about college life. And our, my second semester in my freshman year of college, I had my eye on somebody. Not him. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> no, I had my eye on somebody. And we had this, I had a chemistry class. And these lecture classes are, they, you know, large, 300 people in these classes, you know, and the large stadium type seating. And, you know, I had my eye on this person. And so I would look up, because he would always sit back there, this guy. Not him. <laughs> but, but, see, when I would just kind of be glancing back there at the guy, not him, <laughs> I would always notice this other guy that was staring at me. And it was, yes, him. <laughs> And so when I would be trying to look at this other guy, this other guy's just staring at me. You can straighten it up later. I married you. And so, <laughs> so anyway, I would notice this guy staring at me. And this went on. It went on, and it was annoying. It was annoying. And it was so annoying that I had actually gone home and told my mother about this jerk that keeps staring at me in class. I mean, that's how, like, annoying it was. Like, this jerk keeps staring at me in class. And then I started noticing he was everywhere. <laughs> he was everywhere. On campus, I'd be walking with my friends, and there he would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I worked at the mall. I worked at the mall. And I vividly, I mean, there could have been other instances I'm not aware of. But, um, <laughs> but one specific instance I'm working at the mall and you remember he's already on my nerves for staring at me in class and being everywhere on campus but then I'm working at the mall and I happen to look out across the mall he's standing he's across the mall he's he's sipping his drink like this but he's like this like I'm not gonna see that you know I'm like, oh, my gosh, that just does it. What is he? <laughs> I married you. I married you. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. That was, this is my side of the story. Okay, anyway, anyway, this goes on, and that was just like, ugh. Anyway, but one day, I had, I had several friends I sat with in class, and um, remember, I prayed, God, bring, I want your best, okay? 
And so my friends happened to be late to class that day. And so I'm sitting here, minding my own business, waiting for class to begin. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy <laughs> walking, like, up the aisle. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, what's he doing? <laughs> and so he comes up to me and goes, is this seat taken? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. But, but something on the inside. Something on the inside just said, just tell them you're joking. And so my God, no, nobody's sitting there. Go ahead. And so he sat down. And I don't even know what we talked about. He tried to make conversation, but I'm not a real small talk kind of a person. So he probably, I'm sure, thought I was being rude. And I probably was being rude. But um, <laughs> so I don't know what we talked about, but. Who knows? It wasn't important. And then, uh, before, but the class hadn't started yet. And then he, and then he asked me. He said, he asked me what I was doing Friday night. And I said, I'm working. You know, I'm working. That's what I'm doing Friday night. But something on the inside <laughs> said, "Tell him you're only working until five o'clock." And so I was like, "Look." Well, I'm only working till 5 o'clock. And, okay, I didn't date around. I didn't date people. Remember, I was going to marry a new kid on the block. <laughs> and so, I, no, I just didn't date people. And um, especially people I don't know. And especially people that I thought was a jerk and was stalking me. <laughs> you knew that word was going to come out. Um, he's a stalker. Uh, but anyway, I agreed to go out with him. He, and I agreed to it. And then he left. And then I had to go home and tell my mother, remember that jerk I told you about? I'm going out with him Friday night. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. The second thing I would say about marrying the right person is you need to be led by the Spirit. And there's all kinds of things. And we'll, there's some other criteria we could talk about later about how to make the right decision or whatever. But you know what? If you're led by the Spirit, He's going to lead you to the right one. He's going to lead you to the... All those other things will fall in line if you're led by the Spirit. Amen? Uh, but to be led by the Spirit, you have to know. You have to know the voice of the Spirit. And you have to have had practice following the leading of the Spirit. I mean, when I... When I just had that sensing, we'll tell him to go ahead and sit down. Or that sensing, tell him you're only, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I wasn't thinking it. You know, I wasn't thinking, we'll tell him you're only working until five. That was the leading of the Spirit. Amen? And I always look at our life today and think, I mean, we live, we've had an adventurous life. It's fun, you know? It's fun. Being in the plan of God. It's an adventure being in the plan of God. And you may not, you know, how could I have known then, just say, you're only working until 5 o'clock. How could I have known that we'd be here today? You know, how could I have known? But I, I couldn't have. But, you know, if you follow the leading of the Spirit, He's going to lead you to have a fun, adventurous life. Amen? Amen. So, that sensing of the Spirit, is, could your future be dependent upon just that little sensing of the Spirit? You're responding to that little sensing of the Spirit. I was thinking, um, remember over in Acts 27? Praise God. Over in Acts 27, you know, when they are they're taking Paul to Rome, he's a prisoner. And it says in Acts 27, 10, he tells them, he said, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Their very lives, it was, it was based on a perception. 
it was not a thus saith the Lord. Amen. It was a perception. Your whole life could change just because you missed a perception. Amen. What if I had overlooked, like like he like Chris said earlier, that we can we can override the leading of the spirit. So that's why it's important that we're always in tune. Like Pastor Nancy says, she, you live the day in the Spirit, right? You live with your, your heart turned towards the Spirit. You won't miss those sensings and perceptions if you're aware of what's going on in your spirit. Amen? So he just perceived that it was going to be. Amen? So I perceived to tell him... <laughs> I'm not only working until five. Anyway, so so uh, to just speed it up a little bit, he picked me up at the at the um, mall where I was working, and proceeded to take me on the date. Now, I won't I won't tell them all the things that, like you not opening doors for me or or anything like that. No, yeah, he walk, we walked out to the car, and he's like, you know, get in there. He just, he didn't go around and open the door for me, nothing. He does now. Praise the Lord. But, um, you know, eHarmony never would have put us together. Never would have put us together. No. No. But, but that's what I, you know, that's what I love about it is that God knows better. God knows better. Amen. Praise God. And so, so we went on our date. We went to eat. We went to bowling. We went to movies. We went to play pool. And then, you know, we just didn't want the date to end. You know, there was a, you know, there was a... <laughs> there was a connection. What we were probably sensing was just a, there, that green light of the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. And so we just didn't want the day to end. And so he's like, well, you know, I've got some laundry at my mom's house. I'll, I'm gonna go. And I'm like, okay. And now this is the guy I thought was stalking me. <laughs> but as we were, we were driving out to his mother's house to get his laundry. And... Um, we were driving over to the, an overpass, and I wasn't thinking about it, nothing, but in, I, I heard the inward voice. You know, there's different leadings of the Spirit. We're led by the Word of God. We're led by the inward witness. There's the inward voice, there's, and then there's the audible voice. Well, this was the inward voice, and it, when we were crossing the interstate, I heard the words, you will marry him someday. And I'm like... Whoa. I mean, I wasn't dr- dreaming that one up. And so, and I knew it was right just because of that peace, that inward, that green light. You call it the green light of the Spirit. So, but I didn't tell him that. If you, if you go out on a date with somebody and God speaks to you, you're going to marry them someday. Don't tell them that. <laughs> they may decide you're not the one they want to marry. Like, you're, you're hearing voices. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't even know when I told you that, but it was, it was, we were, may have been, we were engaged or something probably before I ever told you that. Yeah, don't tell them stuff like that. Um, and so, anyway, so our journey began. I mean, we didn't always make the right decisions, and there was a period of time where he was being a turkey and broke up with me. He did. He broke up with the plan of God. up with the plan of God and you know what though that during that period of time because that was about eight months that we were broken up now I was devastated at first because I thought well I'm supposed to marry him you know but there was a period of time in there and I don't believe that God only has one person like if if that person misses it like 
like you're doomed, you know. I don't, I don't believe that's true, you know. God can bring other people into your life. And there may be many people that are suitable for you and the call of God on your life. But I do believe, you know, especially the call to ministry, and there are certain callings that I think maybe your pool is a lot smaller of who you should marry. Um, but, yeah, I had to make a decision in, in talking to my pastor at the time about, about what do I do about this, you know, because I really feel like he was the person I'm supposed to marry. Um, and he just told me, well, you, you know, God can bring other people. God can bring someone else. Do you want to stand for that relationship, you know? And so I had a choice to make. Do I want to stand for this and believe for this or move on, you know, because God could bring somebody else to me. But I, I chose to stay. I chose to stand for that relationship. And there was times probably in that we didn't even speak or anything, but I, I got a hold of the Ephesians prayers, you know, those prayers. Because he, was, he broke up with the plan of God because he was still being influenced by the wrong people. And so, and I knew that had we gotten married at that point, it may not have turned out so great. You know, because he wasn't in a place yet, and I'm not saying I was either, but he wasn't in a place yet to just be that 100% all the way Christian, that those are the people we want to marry, right? That 100% Christian. And so we were, we were apart for about eight months, and I just, I prayed the Ephesians prayers over him. Amen? And, uh, and it turned around. Praise God. And so we got married. We got married. Amen? Oh, praise God. <laughs> Love you too. Um, so that's how, we, that's how we met. First of all, I decided I wanted God's best. I wanted God's plan. Amen. And then I was led. I was led by the Spirit of God. There are some other, other considerations, and he probably has some too. Obviously, we know we shouldn't marry an unbeliever. The Bible says we should not be unequally yoked. And we, we think that means believer, non-believer. Um, it, does, it does mean that. But also, what do you believe? Because they may be a Christian, but what if they don't believe in the move of the Spirit? What if they don't believe in, you know, speaking in tongues? What if they don't believe in healing? Do you want your spouse in your hospital room not believing in healing? Okay, you want someone who believes like you do. I mean, we don't agree on everything, but it's usually it's the small things. It's the small things like quit driving so fast. <laughs> I drive the speed limit. Okay, I mean, do they believe the same? And don't think that you're going to change how they. Don't think you're the one that's going to be able to change them. If there's one thing I have figured out, if there's only one thing that I figured out in almost 25 years that we've been married, is that, and plus we were not married right away. We, we dated like four years. Yeah. And so, uh, is that I can't change him. So that would be another thing I would ask you if you're considering marrying somebody, who are they right now? Who are they right now? And do you want to live with that for the rest of your life? If nothing ever changes about that person. Right? Because there's no guarantee that they're ever going to change their mind about something. They probably will because most people grow. Most people grow and mature. But there's no guarantee. Okay? What about your families? Yeah. Do you get along with your family? Maybe they're great, but you can't stand their family. Now, God can work. God can work in situations, but you, this is just a practical something because you're going to have to deal with that family forever. <laughs> forever. 
Every, all the time, yeah, because they're going to want, and then when you have kids, it's going to be magnified. So you want to think about that, especially ministry, if you're called to ministry. Who's their family? Do you want to be linked to that? You know, who my kids marry affects me. It affects our ministry. And so... I just tell, you know, like I tell Rex, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you who you can marry. <laughs> I will let you know who you can marry, okay? <laughs> uh, and then do you agree on, on not just spiritual things, but do you agree on the big things? There's big things you should agree on, like, do you want kids? What if they don't want any kids and you want five? You're not, don't think you're going to change their mind. Okay? Finances. Who's working? You know, who's going to handle things? Are you going to share accounts? You know, these things are important things. Yeah. I mean, politics. Okay? That could that could be a strong divider in a family if you don't agree on those things. So, and then will this person is this person going to pull me away? From the plan of God. Maybe they're a great person. You know, they, there may be nothing wrong with them as a person. And you, you like them, you get along or whatever. But is, is the direction they're going going to pull you away from the call of God? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is there something you want to clean up? <laughs> Praise God. I'm sure there's things like I'll go away and I'll think, oh, I should have said this or I should have said this or this and this. But, you know, I'm grateful. I feel like I'm, I'm grateful. I'm married to the plan of God. Amen. And, you know, if you're married right now, that's the plan of God. The plan of God is for you to be in that marriage, to work it out. Right? That's one thing we figured out is, hey, you're stuck with me. I'm stuck with you. You know, the, there's no other option anymore. Those options, those options were flushed when we got married. Right? And so, so the option is we're going to either be miserable the rest of our lives or we're going to work, work it out, right? And so, but I'm grateful that, that I'm married right. Praise God. I well, hope, hope, hope you got something out of that to help you. Amen. Well, yeah, we've got about 10 minutes. I could dive off and introduce the, the next flower subject. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. You could ask us or her. Or... Well, he, brought, he was brought back to me. And yeah. I, I just prayed the Ephesians prayers and just trusted God. I went about my life. I went on. I went on with my life, but I was still believing that things would turn. And every day, even multiple times a day, I would pray the Ephesians prayers over here. I'm the... You know, God would give unto him the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. Yeah. That God would open the eyes and ears of his understanding. That he would be enlightened. Amen. Commanded Satan to take the blinders off his eyes. Because I knew he was running from what God called him to. God yeah. called him to a great life. And he was, he was going the opposite direction. So, but he, he's, he, he turned. He turned Took back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful she did that because I didn't have anybody in my life who knew the Ephesians prayers. So had she not stood, God loves me and the Holy Ghost would have continued to work on me to get right. But had she just decided God would have brought somebody in. My, you know, thank God we can stumble and fall. It's like Pastor Nancy says, we can, we can exit off the wrong way, but there's a, an on-ramp that you can... You can get back on, but I'm just, I am so grateful because you just don't know. I know what I know. I know she prayed that. I know God honored it. And I know we're here today. And that's what makes it sweet. On my side of that was God had dealt with me very strongly. Uh, you know, the timeline for me is a little vague. She's real good about, you know, Chris, this is how the order of how it happened. But uh, um he had dealt with me very strongly. He said to me, get rid of all your friends. You know, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You know, how that, how that goes. 
And, uh, but I was sort of the ringleader of that group, and it, I was in making endeavoring, and they did not like her. You could only guess why. <clears throat> because they didn't like the new me, uh, you know, um, reading my Bible and going to church and, and not going with them to bars and, and doing the things that we did. And they're, they're, I, I had their ear, and I, I yielded to their influence and went back into the world for a while. And I really did. I did leave the plan of God, not just her, but the plan of God. And the conviction, I, we used to go do the boot scoot boogie, and you know, we would go to this club and, and, um, and line dance and drink beer and, and all that. And I would sit on that stool and I would do what I did for years before, but I was miserable. I tell you, you want to meet a miserable person, it's someone being prayed for that God is dogging their tracks and being convicted. And uh, it took me eight months to respond to that, but God didn't so much deal with me, my conviction about her, it was my conviction about my broken fellowship with Him. When I got back right into broken, my, my fellowship right with Him, my desire for her was immediately rekindled because she was the plan of God for my life. And so when I, when I turned my life back over to God, I had that desire for her, and she was gracious enough to, uh, uh, to, to let me back in, give me another chance after that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Question for us? Praise God. Yeah. Well, again, we, we have individual calls, but this is, this is such a good question. You talk about marrying into a ministry family. Then what you're saying is, my call is now ministry. So that's the thing. If, if you can't have this mindset of my call, if you want it to be about me and my call, don't marry into a ministry family. It, it's not that, if it's right, if it's the will of God, then your call is that call. It harmonizes with that. So what you were born for, what you were graced for, what he's been training you to do is to step into that. And so instead of feeling like, what about me? What about my call? Why is it all about this? And what's going on with this ministry? It, that's evidence that you should not have married into that call. Right? And you all have such a wonderful example in Pastor Morgan Dufresne. Now, when she married into a ministry, listen, her family, Florida, her church, the life she had there, it was good and right and valid and no doubt hold a huge place in her heart, right? In uh, a place in God's plan. But notice day to day, what dominates? She, marrying in means you leave that behind. Because you're marrying into a ministry family who's headquartered in Murrieta, not Southern Florida, wherever they were, right? And so it can't just be about, but I love Stephen. It can't, when you're marrying into a ministry family, it can't, you have to be willing to, that vision is my vision. That call is my call. And that's, that's what I'm going to pour my life into. Right? And so there's, a, there's very real practical considerations about that means moving across country. You know, and, and maybe for a lady doing that into a, a man and his call, maybe that's more in sync with people's thinking. But, um, but you know, I have two daughters who are in ministry. And, you know, the husband wants to be the husband. I get that. You're the husband of that household. But it's, it would be dangerous for that new husband in my daughter's life to take that next step and say, because I'm the husband, I'm going to pull her away from dad because I'm insecure. I'm going to pull away to have my own. When God is for 20 plus years training faith, helping faith, preparing faith for her part. I don't want to, I don't want to, 
I'm not interested in being that, that in-law. I want to be able to respect their household, but there is a soberness. And this guy's going to have to be a special guy. And so he, he, he needs to have, I'm just giving you an example, he needs to have not just see me as someone that he could get along with at Christmas. But what kind of honor does he have for her and I? Where's the hunger and the desire to be around us, to receive from us? And is what God's all these years fitting him for a really puzzle piece fit to advance? And you can see this when, it, when it's done right, when it's the mind of the Spirit, like in a Pastor Dufresne, Pastor Morgan situation, how sweet it is, how wonderful it is. But I, I could just tell you, I won't give names, but I have, I have seen a guy marry a minister's daughter who was especially called to help her dad in ministry, who was jealous to, for his own. I'm not going to be under that shadow. I'm not going to just be a servant here. What about my call? What about me? And had to have his own and went across and started a church, pulling his wife out of her primary grace to help him. And she's a dutiful wife. That's what she's doing. Well, he's dead. He's dead. And there's three kids who are having to figure out, well, I thought God's a healer. He is. And if I could tell you one story like that, I could tell you a lot of stories like that. So getting married is serious business in a generic sort of a format. But it's next level when you're talking about marrying into a ministry family. So I know I kind of stretched that out, but does that kind of, yeah. So what do you suggest for the person that just is considering? The one marrying into? Yeah. Well, what's, what's really challenging is, is that it's, we say these things, be led of the Spirit. You want to marry the plan of God. And that's absolutely right, but very few people who've got hormones raging and who are emotionally invested are mature enough to step back from all that and say, I want the leading of the Spirit. And so for someone maybe sensing an attraction or there's a, a connection there and that person happens to be in a ministry family, you just have a heavyweight thing on your plate and um, what would I say to that person I would say pray I would say be candid be humble uh, talk to it's you can't just you know like my wife said what about their family well you don't live with them every day can you tolerate them you know whatever are they sweet enough you could tolerate you be around them on holidays and different things you don't mind your kids and those are their grandparents and all that but it can't it's it's just way up here I don't want Whoever marries my daughter, it's just not going to work out for them if uh, I'm someone and Amber and I are someone that they tolerate. So, do you, I would say, dude, hey, I, I, I sense a concern here because I, I, you seem to cherish my daughter, but you don't, I don't sense a right connection here. And I don't know if that's something that can be repaired or fixed, but I'm certainly not going to endorse this until I, I see that in you. I don't know, that's a real mouthful, Sister Jessica, about what you would say. Um, but, uh, you know, to get it, do you want to live? Do you want to live a long time? <laughs> um, I'm not, it's not about me and my shotgun as a dad. It's about, it's a holy thing. It's a holy thing. Well, like like they were preaching the night. Do you they they could become a yoke? They could become Pastor a yoke Debbie. that needs to be broken. Very few people know how to be around a man and woman of God and make it long term. Because if that man or woman of God is is making it move in advance, then they've learned how to keep the door shut to the devil and to resist Satan's attacks that are constant. And when Satan can't get in direct, he's going to go to those immediate people. And what I see a lot happening is those immediate ones many times have not done what they should do. 
and they are living on the anointing and coattails of the one at the top. And they're living under that canopy of blessing and they haven't done what they need to do. So their doors are open. You know, so, um, yeah, my, and my daughter's dating someone and, and we're, you know, he's a sweet kid and we're, we're praying about it, but I am watching him. Not just how is he going to be a good husband to my daughter, but is he a fit for the call? And I would just say to anyone who's considering that, you need to have some honest, open conversations with the Lord and really be self-aware and humble, humble about what you're thinking about. And if it's the call of God, don't be afraid of it. If it's really the call of God, it's going to be a fit. You'll you'll add to, you'll enhance. Um, But you, you definitely just don't want to end up a yoke in that whole thing. Seemed like we had a question over here. Yeah, Elizabeth. I was just going to ask, because you and I have a lot of testimonies of people coming to the church. Before, before. Now, when we first met, I don't know that we sensed that. I, I mean, no I think it, maybe I sensed something earlier in my life, you know, that perhaps I would be involved in ministry somehow. But, no. But we were, it was before we got engaged. Mm-hmm. That because you were, he was headed to radiation. He was going to be a radiation therapist. Yeah, that was my plan. Yeah, that was his plan. <laughs> yeah. And then I got filled with the Holy but, Ghost yeah. and all that changed. Yeah. You know, uh, her pastor put following God's plan for your life, that green book from Brother Hagen. He, I had never heard the name before. And he put that book in my hand and said, you might like this. And it was over for me. I mean, it was just over. And... Uh, but yes, a lot of our courtship was me progressing. It was me qualifying myself. It was, it was me being hungry, me renewing my mind. But, you know, we dated three and a half, almost four years before we got married. And, but I would say well a year before. I, I knew I was called to ministry. I was dedicated to it. We were talking about getting married and going to Rama, And we'd had very sober conversations. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I'm, this is ministry. I don't know what that all means. And she just committed to it wholeheartedly. Yeah, I married an all-in girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, we better take a break. That was good, Pastor Amber. Very good. Amen. <laughs>